0: That we know, but we don't keep His word. Then we walk in the darkness, and the truth's not.
1: Good morning to all the peeps out there. How is everybody this morning? It's a little rainy here uh, in Maine today. I don't know what it might be like in your part of the world, uh, but uh, a little rainy. We need the rain though. I mean, my grass is brown, and uh, we mowed it before we went away uh, for a wedding and to visit my sister a few weekends ago, and uh, it's it's brown. Just I mean. Just brown, so uh, thankful for the rain. Looking at somebody's pond the other day on uh, Monday, and it's it's down a good foot at least compared to what it uh, tends to be. And so the rain's a good thing. We, we will absolutely take it. Hey, we are in the Book of Ephesians. We're in the second chapter. For those that might be following along uh, in your Bibles, so Ephesians chapter two. We're picking up at verse eleven, and uh, Again, all these broadcasts are available. Go back on Facebook at the Veracity Chapel page. You can find them, and also on YouTube. You can find them at the Veracity Chapel channel, uh, and um, follow along if if that's uh, what you need to do. Those that are listening later, we always welcome you and, and are glad to have you listen as we uh, work our way verse by verse through God's Word, trying to make application uh, to help us live as disciples to help us live as followers of Christ, uh, as was called in the book of Acts, the followers of the way, Um, Christians. uh, And oftentimes I shy away from the word Christian because it's been so um, dismembered by culture that uh, to say I'm a follower of Jesus, I I think that makes it pretty clear. And uh, so the point of of this study is to help us learn how to uh, work our way through the text of Scripture and then make application in life so we can follow Jesus better. Anyone who comes after him uh, must walk, anyone who claims to, to fall after him must walk as Jesus walked. And uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 tells us that. And we're just trying to learn how to walk Jesus' way so Ephesians chapter two, and again, just good to have you with us during this live portion. Uh, and if you're listening later, always love to have folks listening in and learning with us as we look at God's word. Well, over in Ephesians chapter two, going to take us there. Jump right in this morning. Uh, it says, therefore, therefore, because you're saved by grace. Therefore, because you're saved by grace through faith. Uh, you need to remember uh, that uh, anybody, anybody saved by grace through faith, anybody, uh, any culture, any ethnicity, uh, any uh, gender, any background, anybody can be brought into Christ. Now, I'm not trying to soften uh, the... what i'm trying to say here when i include gender because male female or any other variety can be brought to jesus uh, jesus brought paul around uh, in a marvelous transformation paul uh, jesus brings other people around to a place of salvation to a place of surrender to a place of agreement with god so the gospel is literally for all now not all will receive it uh, we believe that as time goes along, more and more will reject it. Uh, Jesus said that in in the end times, uh, many will even fall away from the faith. Their their faith and their love will grow cold, uh, and there will be those that reject. But we continue to work, uh, believing for the salvation of many, believing that those who need to turn and who will turn will turn. So we continue to preach the gospel. We continue to uh, do things to fan the flames of, of uh, making the gospel something that people would say, I want that. Um. So, just as a reminder, this Thursday, this Saturday, uh, just a little ways up from the church at the Simmons Maple Farm is an uh, event. I think it goes from four till six. That is uh, put on by another church as uh, an outreach event for a family that has gone through uh, cancer with their teenage son, or is going through cancer. It's a fundraising event, Uh, and I just—it's a barbecue. There's pig roast and some great food. They're going to have. There, I think coleslaw and hobo stew, and uh, I always wonder how the hobo felt about being in that stew. Anyway, dumb. Uh, But um, anyway, that's something that you can go participate in. They're trying to make the gospel something that is winsome, Uh, because in reality, when you think about the gospel— If you want to live your life in the same old sinful way, the gospel really isn't as winsome as sometimes we make it seem to be. Sometimes we actually uh, make it not the gospel because we try to make it so palatable to people. The gospel requires the, the salvation, the transformation that comes through the gospel requires repentance, turning from sin and self and turning to God, and it requires faith. A faith, not just a faith in faith, but a faith in Jesus Christ. Paul is now in this section of Scripture sharing how Jews and Gentiles alike share this family made one by Christ. So let's jump in here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves a circumcision, that done by the body, uh, that done in the body by the hands of men, I mean, literal, physical circumcision, that Jewish act of circumcision. And the Jewish people, would look, if, you, if you're not Jewish by birth, uh, then you have no part with us. And the Jewish people would hold out uh, that, that they are the ones through whom Messiah would come, and, and we believe has come, and we think the scriptures are clear, history is clear, uh, that, that Christ has come. He goes on in verse 12 and says, remember that at that time, uh, when you were separate, at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. So the... uh, those without hope in the world, there were many in that day, especially in the day in which Paul was writing, that they placed their hope in false gods. They placed their 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 hope in little statues that, that represented their gods, and, and that's where they placed their hope. But they did not have the hope that comes in the gospel. And then it talks about in verse twelve, foreigners to the covenants, the promise, all the covenants that God gave to uh, Abraham, the covenants that God gave to Moses, the, the covenants that God. Gave, gave to David, the covenants of the promise of Messiah that we see presented through the prophets, I mean, those, those came through Israel, and you know the Israelites uh, coming up to the time that Christ would come on the scene believed that they had all of that, but yet God intended as you go all the way back to the promise given to Abraham, that the blessing through Abraham would come to the whole world. And yet, as Jewish history unfolded, the Jewish people began to see it more and more and more as just for them. And those, especially Pharisees, Sadducees, the, those Pharisees, part of the Sanhedrin, that, that ruling Jewish class, said, well, the gospel is just for us. And yet, when you go back to John chapter 1, we realize how God's people rejected him and so the gospel then went to all people. So verse 12, saying this, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now there is a key word in verse 13. Do you see it? The, the, the verse, at least in the NIV 84 version that we're looking at here on my screen, A significant word, but, but now in Christ Jesus, you were, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. In fact, let me read verse 14 and then we'll take these two together for he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. And then Paul keeps on going right down through there um, because Paul tends to have sentences that are rather long. So we'll just look at verse 13 and verse 14, the word, but, but in Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ Jesus Brought the distant, who were the distant, the Gentiles, who were the distant, the Filipinos, who were the distant, the the Southern Africans, who were the distant, the Northern Europeans, who were the distant, the Native Americans, who were the distant, any who were outside of of Christ, the Greeks, Uh, those who were part of what is now modern day Turkey. Any who were beyond the family of the Israelites, the 12 tribes, were brought near through the blood of Christ. Christ's blood brings us all together when we believe in him. All of us come together. Now, I just want to comment. I know there's some some uh, prayer requests that I've seen noticed over in the prayer request. I'll get to those here in just a moment. I just want to finish this little section of teaching here, then pick up on a few uh, of those prayer requests. Notice what it says in verse 14. He himself is our peace. Christ is our peace. You want peace? Have peace with God. You want peace? Allow Jesus to rule your heart. You want peace? Give thanks to God. You want peace? Surrender pride under the lordship of Christ. You want cr- peace? Humble yourself before God. In doing all those things, he will give you peace. It tells us in Philippians chapter four, verse six, it says, uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, present your request to God with thanksgiving, and the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus the promise of peace. He himself is our peace. And then it says further in verse 14, um, he has made the two one. He has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. There should no longer be hostilities between Greeks and Jews. Between Gentiles and Jews, Christ makes us all one, one in the family of God who have legitimately been born of the Spirit, uh, who have generally experienced conversion, who have generally been transformed uh, by the renewing work of the Spirit, who have uh, genuinely given their lives to Christ. We are all a part of the family of God, and it doesn't matter from whence we come. Now, let let me jump over to... Uh, Some of the comments, because there are questions in the comments, Fran says is but used in the King James Version, and that's in verse 13. So let's take a look the King James Version in verse 13. Guess what it says? There it is. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. This is why I go with more modern English. Uh, Who is ye? That is you. Nigh. What is nigh? It is near. Uh, You start helping people translate. Uh, what we're talking about here from uh, from our English back into their Spanish, and all of a sudden we realize why we go to easier translations. Uh, just out of curiosity, the NASB in verse 13 also says, But now in Christ, you who were previously far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Uh, Let's keep going since the question was raised. Verse 13 in the New Living Translation. But now you have been united with Christ. Uh, I think I already looked at the ESV, did I not? Uh, I think I did. Let's just make sure. Verse 13, but, okay, now let's look at the paraphrase, the message, and see what it does. Verse 13, now, now could be the same as but. now, because of what Christ has done, you are brought near uh, to God through Christ. Uh, Some comments, some questions uh, here during this live hour. Uh, Let me go up in here. Prayer request Don has for his girlfriend's father diagnosed with kidney stones. Uh, Don, uh, fearing it may be more severe than that. So a prayer for, um, uh, Don's girlfriend and, uh, the, the kidney stones or whatever else might be going on. We can pray about this pig roast event, super opportunity to spread the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, again, taking place Saturday. It's from four until six here in Morrill on the Weymouth road, um, at the Simmons Maple Farm, so you can find uh, find that there. We'll pray about that event. Thankful for Faith Temple out of Belfast putting that on. Uh, Jessica saying this, uh, I'm asking prayers for a pinched nerve in my back. It's affecting my walking today. I'm asking for a bit of relief. So we will pray for that relief for Jessica. Lord we do pray this morning we'll start with Jessica that you would we, we pray you can do this Lord you are more than able of doing this she has this pinched nerve and Lord we pray for relief she is your child she is trying to walk more closely to you and we pray for her this morning uh, that uh, you immediately we're asking uh, because of your graciousness. We're asking in the name of Jesus uh, that you would bring relief to her back, Lord. Uh, we're uh, you, you tell us in your Word that uh, you know if if we pray and if we trust you and if we're righteous, uh, you hear our prayers. And so, Lord, uh, hear, hear our prayers together for Jessica, uh, as all of us here are praying for her to have that relief in her back today, Lord. For this, uh, the benefit pig. Thank you for Art and Jennifer Fairbrother and the folks at uh, Faith Temple and for the Simmons family. Lord, we pray your blessing on all of them. We pray your blessing on this event. We pray for this family that this uh, uh, event is meant to uh, benefit, that they would be blessed. And if they're not believers in Jesus yet, that you would cause them to turn to faith in Christ as a result of the love demonstrated through this event. And, Lord, I pray that people won't just maybe give a, a suggested amount, but I pray lots of people will be reaching in their wallets and pulling out $100 bills. So, Lord, I, we just pray for your blessing on that event. And then also Don's uh, prayer request for his girlfriend's father, these kidney stones. Lord, that you would uh, that you would be at work. Uh, in this situation, if it's more severe, that, and give the doctors wisdom, help them to take the immediate action that will help bring relief to them. Lord, we pray for the Sheldon family here, uh, a huge part of the Life of Veracity uh, Chapel. And, uh, Lord, we we pray that you would continue to comfort them, meet them as they share memories and thoughts and, and prepare for Gary's uh, celebration of life here on the 16th of july we we lift them to you may they experience your comfort and lord i will throw out there also uh just a prayer request as uh, uh, wendy and i are maybe considering some things that are far beyond our own ability uh, that lord you might just work out the details of of that and uh, that you would be pleased uh, uh and so we, we just look to you to uh, give your guidance and bring some pieces together. If that would please you and be your will, uh, Lord, we, we give that to you. Lord, I want to pray for Claire this morning, too, with her uh, business that runs at, in the United Farmers Market down in Belfast on Saturdays. Uh, Lord, uh, you would bless her business, that you would bless her, help her to be a witness to people. There's a lot of work involved. We know uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, a lot of work involved, uh, getting ready for what she does down there. Lord, here's a Christian uh, in the marketplace, uh, literally the marketplace, and, and we pray for her. We pray for any other Christians that might be down there as business people that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would help them to, to be a witness uh at the United Farmers Market down in Belfast. So, Lord, we bring you these requests. We pray for those who hurt in other places of the world today, like Ukraine and surrounding countries where people have fled, Lord, that you would hear our prayer and uh, that you would minister comfort, minister the gospel, minister food aid, clothing aid, rebuilding aid. When when the time comes, And Lord, we hear our prayer, uh, end this war. uh, Stop Russia in its tracks and end this war or help us to understand how you are setting a world stage through this war. But, Lord, it's our prayer that you would end the war. So we come before you today thanking you for your word, thanking you for the instruction we've had thus far. Pray you continue to help us learn from your word. We stop and pause to lift up these requests to you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Well, back over and into the text on the other side over here. Um Let me pick back up uh, in verse, where are we? Verse 14, I think. Uh, Yes, we were at verse 14, verses 14 and 15. So um, let me turn us over there. There we go. Uh, He himself is our peace who has made the two one Jews and and Gentiles made one you know to to think of white and black I mean that that is something that is so raised in our culture but in Christ we are one it doesn't matter if you're brown if you are yellow if you are white doesn't matter your ethnic background in Christ we can be one so help your people Lord we pray to live as one and uh, to to see that the dividing wall of hostility has been torn down and Lord it's our prayer that many more uh, of the Jewish background Jewish lineage who are Israel by birth would turn to Messiah uh, and that they would realize the the beauty that we have uh together in Christ. Verse 15, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new man out of two thus making peace. Now when it talks about abolishing in his flesh the law in its with its commandments and regulations, he is the fulfillment of the law. Uh, Now, this doesn't mean that there are moral aspects of the law that we can no longer, uh, we just need to cast aside, no longer worry about. There are moral aspects of the law that that still have application to us. But so much of the old written code that was there um, was written code to point them to Jesus. Many of the feasts... That they were required to uh, observe. They're no longer required to observe because uh, we now have Jesus. We can observe those feasts and those times of celebration to remember Jesus, but we don't have to to be uh, good Christians because we're not Jewish, we are Christian. Uh, we we are made Israel in that father uh, the, the Abraham is our father, but we're not made Israel in some uh, physical sense. We share with Israel. We're, we're grafted in. It tells us in the Book of Romans, chapter. 11 That we are grafted in with Israel into what came out of Israel, and that was Messiah. And so, so many of the regulations that they had that is talked about here in verse 15 are, are thinking about eating shellfish, would be an example of that. Now, some would say God put that there. God put all kinds of things there for, for Israel. We are no longer in the days of Israel. We're not becoming the nation of Israel. We are becoming the people of God. We are the children of Abraham, not by physical descent, but by faith. And notice what it says. His purpose in doing this was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in his body, let me get this back up there, and in his one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He does not want there to be hostility between Jew and Gentile. He does not want there to be hostility between black and white. He does not want there to be hostility between uh Various ethnic groups in Asia. He does not want there to be. So all his people are his people. And if we live in Jesus, it eliminates the barriers. We are one in Christ. We're, we are one in the bond of love. We are one in the bond of love. He has sealed our spirits with the spirit Spirit of God, we are one in the bond of love. I'm not sure if, I think that's the old hymn. I need to keep that hymnal right here on my desk so I can look those words up. But notice it said peace. The word peace came up in verse, um, uh, it came up in verse 14. See it there? Uh, he himself is our peace. You need peace today. Let Jesus be your peace. Uh, verse fifteen says he he made peace by his blood. Uh, on the cross, creating one new man, and then it says down in verse seventeen, he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. The far away were the Gentiles; those who were near were the Jews. He preached peace to both. He brought the gospel to both. Through him, we have we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. All of us together. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Verse 18, we both have access. Verse 19, they're no longer foreigners and aliens, but we're fellow citizens with God's people. Hey, you want to know about being an alien and what that means. I mean, you you could talk to Jacob. Are uh, you coming into a country like ours, trying to do everything copacetically, trying to do it all legally, uh, and, and the challenges of, of becoming uh, a citizen in another country? Well, there is not the... Um, There is not the challenge. Uh, Those types of obstacles are not put in front of us. The only thing that stands between us and, and, and no longer being foreigners and aliens is our refusal to trust in Christ. But when we trust in Christ, legitimately trust in Christ, place our saving faith in Him, in that moment, bam, instantaneously, we are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with all God's people and members of God's household. Now, for those that don't believe in church membership as an example, this is one of the verses they'd point to, well, this right here says we don't, doesn't say anything about having to go through a membership class and becoming an official member of a local church. Well, there are biblical aspects of church life. There are relational aspects of church life. There are missional aspects of church life, and there are organizational aspects of church life, and many have opted to have membership for an organizational purpose. We could function as a church Without all of the um, the institutional trappings that we have, but I believe we would be less effective. I believe we would be. Uh have more challenges. There are things put in place to to give some kind of guardrails to us to help us in an organization. And this is true of many churches to help us come together to worship together, to serve together, to to be focused together. And so many churches have uh, a membership piece. And I just throw that out there because there are some people who do not believe in it. Fine, but then I would ask those people. But are you engaged with God's people? Oftentimes, those people who who would say, "Well, I am not." I'm I'm not, uh, uh, no, I, I'm not plugged into a local church. I don't think it's necessary. Well, I, I want to take issue with that because there are all kinds of places in the New Testament that seem to indicate that, yes, you need to be uh, in some variety engaged with other believers on a consistent, regular basis for worship, for prayer, for the study of God's Word, for fellowship, and... Uh, uh, I think the Bible is clear on those issues. And for those that say, nah, I don't need that. um, They're not people who are reading their Bibles. Okay, fellow citizens with God's people, members of uh, of one household, goes on in verse twenty. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Jesus Christ Himself as the chief cornerstone. When you have the chief cornerstone, and and, and when everything is capped off and everything is done, the building is is complete. When it's talking about the foundation of the apostles and prophets, it's talking about that which would become actually. And Paul didn't know this when he wrote this. would become the canon of Scripture, the foundation. What, what did Peter teach? What did John teach? What did James teach? What did Paul teach? What did others of those apostles who encountered Jesus, who walked with Jesus, who were born in the same time frame as Jesus, as was Paul, uh, you know, what do they instruct uh, that is recognized by the broad church as being, yes, this is from the apostles. So it is, it is pointing specifically to those writings, to the prophets. This is not speaking to new prophets. When, when Paul references prophets in this way, and in Hebrews, in the first chapter, when it talks about God no longer needs to speak to us through the apostles or through the prophets because he has spoken to us through his son, the thought... Is it all culminates in Christ? The prophets being referenced here in verse twenty are the, the prophets of old. These are the Isaiah's, the Hoseas, the Amoses the Jeremiah's, the Joel's, the Malachi's, the uh, Daniel's, the those that, that made it into the the, the Jewish bound s- set uh, of their first testament their only testament if they're still jewish and and not messianic uh what is included in their writings what do they recognize that is what Paul is talking about here that that what is built on the foundation of those apostles who lived in the time of Jesus and those apostles who were subscribed to by the Jewish people that that's specifically what he is talking about here uh, I could take you over to first Peter chapter 1 uh, that would would help us to understand and as well to uh to Hebrews in fact let me take us to the Hebrews passage uh, real fast. Um, I need to watch my time. I have a full day of meetings at least up through probably two o'clock. Um, here's what it says. Hebrews chapter one, verse one, it says, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But, there's that word but, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So what we just see here in Hebrews 1.1 is in the past how God spoke, but, but now we have Jesus who has spoken, who is the, the final piece. We have the Spirit of God. We now have the canonized, the Word of God. Uh, and, and so we, we look to those things to, to speak to us the, the truth of God first and foremost. Back to uh, Ephesians. I need to finish this out this morning, keeping my eye on the time. Down at, uh, sorry, I didn't grab the, the mouse very well. Uh, in verse 24, I'm sorry, verse 21, it says, In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple of the Lord. whole building. Friends, that's you. That's me. That's the Messianic Jew. Uh, that is the uh, the Chinese church. That is the Korean church. That is the Filipino church. That is the Japanese church. That is the the, the varieties of African churches, the Sudanese churches, the uh, Ugandan churches, the Rwandan churches, uh, all of those things. Uh. In him, the whole building is joined together. We are joined together in Jesus. I, I've shared before about going places and meeting people that we don't maybe speak the same uh, physical language, but we understand each other to be Christian, and that, that for us uh, brings us together. That gives us joy. That gives us that sense of uh, togetherness. Says in verse twenty one, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. The idea of rising, friends, would you be rising to become the holy temple of God, the place where God resides? Not resigns, resides. So that people recognize that God is among us. We rise up to become all that God wants us to be so that people around can see that God is among us. Then verse 22 says, And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. God lives among us. In him you, you too. Now the you too, what's he speaking to? I mean, there, there were Jewish people, some Jewish people in Ephesus, but there were people from all over what is... Uh, what is now Turkey, uh, who are part, I mean, Ephesus is located in western Turkey uh, uh, by the Aegean Sea. Actually, now it's inland because the silt built up, and, and so uh, Ephesus seems to be a, a mile or two inland uh, compared to when uh, in Paul's day it was being dredged and it was right on the coast. Uh, so ships, it was, it was a major port in Paul's day, uh, a very large city in Paul's day. Um uh, there, there were people from Greece. There were people from all over the world. It was a major crossroads of the world. People from all over the world were there. And, and so in Paul saying this to them, all those people from all walks of life that have turned to Christ, you two are being built together. When you go back to your part of the world, wherever that is, in Arabia or, or some part of, of, of India or Asia or whatever part of the world that might be, if you're a Christian, you're going back into that part of the world built together together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I mean, it's it's a grand strategy that Paul had, really, perhaps, that God had for Paul to go to crossroads cities like Ephesus uh, because the gospel would spread out all over the Roman Empire, minimally, if not further in the world. And and so Paul's saying, and in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God doesn't just live in me. Uh, Because of my theology, God doesn't just live in you. Because of your theology, God lives in in all who are his people. And we might not agree on, on some of our theological points, but we all need to agree on Jesus as Savior. We all need to agree on Jesus as Lord. We all need to agree that Jesus came in the flesh, died in the flesh, resurrected in the flesh, ascended in the flesh, and he is fully God and fully man. We need to agree on that. We need to agree that humanity is sinful and need of a savior. we need to agree that God sent the Holy Spirit to to convict, to draw, to regenerate, to indwell, to fill. We need to agree on on those types of things. We need to agree on the word of God. Uh, but then there are other things that we might not agree so much on. And there, there are places that are kind of nebulous. I had a person come up to me on Sunday and say, I've been reading in the book of Corinthians, which I've read hundreds of times before. And I saw something in first Corinthians 14. And he said, uh, you know, I never thought about Paul was a Pentecostal. <laughs> and he said, I said, okay, so what do you mean? And he said, well, and this is a, pretty intelligent man. Uh, uh, He said, uh, not that we have unintelligent men, I need to think about what I'm saying there, but just just a person that really does, he's a thinker, thinks, that's what I'm saying, really thinks about things. He said, well, it says he spoke in tongues more than all of you. And I said, well, that'd be a good thing for us to sit down, have coffee, and talk about. I, I think, you know, perhaps Paul had a prayer language or that type of thing, but he just brought that up. A person who was not brought up around anything like that whatsoever, but he said that just struck me as, you know, he said, maybe I've been too closed off all my life to, to people who are maybe different than me, and and uh, we need to understand that if we are Christians, we are one. We are one in the bond of love. We are one in the bond of God's love, uh, even though we might have differences on things like mode of baptism or things like, uh, even like I was just talking about, you know, uh, Prayer languages and tongues, things like that. We might have differences uh, on things like that. We might have differences on, you know, even which version of the Bible um, we ought to be using them. That's why I use lots of versions of the Bible. Uh, but we can be one. Let's find the commonality, the five solas that we talk about. Uh, Sola uh, gratia, solo uh, by grace alone, sola fide by faith alone, sola scriptura from the word of God alone, sola Christos by Christ alone, and uh, I forget how the last one goes, gloria de soli, I think. Glory to God alone. If we believe in those things, then then we can come together, even though there can be discrepancies. And there are. If you want to find someone who thinks totally like you, it's going to be a small world. And that's, that's kind of what Paul is confronting here in this passage. That, you know, we're coming from a Jewish background where you understand all the rules and laws and regulations. You're coming from a different background You understand other things. Let's find the commonality in Christ. And and Christ is seeking to tear down the walls that divide, the walls of hostility, and bring his people together. Let's be those people who who come together, uh, who, who rally together, who pray together together. Uh, Ephesians chapter four speaks about. Uh, let me let me look at Ephesians four for a moment with you. Ephesians four two says this: it says, "Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace." Why do we have to bear with one another? We have to bear with one another because sometimes we offend one another. We have to bear with one another sometimes because we are very uh, uh, closed off to one another. But, but to learn how to be humble and gentle and patient and bear with one another as we all continue to grow in maturity and to help each other grow into maturity in Christ. Well, Ephesians 2 talked about God tearing down the walls. It talked about God making his people one. Let's be those people. Let's rally together. Let's run to other Christians and pray for other Christians and encourage other Christians and and help other Christians that the world might see our love. Jesus said by this, will all men know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. God, help us to live in your love. Help us to abide in you today and help us to demonstrate your love among the body of Christ in such a way that the world would desperately desire what we have together in the family of God. Then, Lord, use us as lights for the gospel, lights for Christ, that many would be drawn to Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Lord, hear our prayer. Friends, that's it for today. Remember, there's prayer time here at Vrassey Chapel at 9.30. Have a good day, everyone. I will see you tomorrow.